0: Welcome to another edition of the Arsenal Women Askcast on Arseblog.com. Coming at you this month with another Mailbag episode using the questions you very kindly sent to us on Twitter. Uh, Following the conclusion, really, of Arsenal's uh, pretty short pre-season, victories over Chelsea at the Emirates Stadium, 2-1 win there with goals from Katie McCabe and Freya Jupp, uh, and then a 4-0 win over Tottenham at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium thanks to goals from Anna Patton, a pair from Alex Hennessy, and a Katie McKay penalty. And now Arsenal are straight into Champions League qualifiers in Moscow next week. So we thought that this would be a good time to reflect and take your questions. Um, and with me to do that, as ever, is uh, one of my co-hosts, Alex Ibarceta, who you can follow on Twitter at alexibaceta 23 Alex, thanks for joining
1: us. Yeah, no problem. A uh, bit nervous about the season, but excited also, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, indeed. Well, why don't we just jump straight into the first questions, actually, because they deal with exactly that question. So we've got from um, KP, who is at KPUNG15 on Twitter, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for this season? And Marlins Ford at Marlins Ford asks a similar question with Jonas and with the new additions to the squad. Are you optimistic for this season? So, Alex, how are you feeling about the new season now? It's very nearly upon us.
1: Um I think I feel better than what I expected to feel at the moment if I'm being quite honest Um obviously it was just two preseason matches but it was against decent opposition that we're going to be facing uh, obviously quite often in the league but you you kind of felt at least me I saw kind of a shift of attacking style a very efficient attacking style which I was quite surprised I think this is what we always wanted... Um, this is, I think, the perfect next step from what Joe implemented on the team because um, it's still that, that short passing, that quick movement the overlapping from the fullbacks. It's the the fluidity and possession and all that. But now it's just that kick and they're doing it a lot faster than what they did with Joe. Um, and obviously, I think like a, a player like Frida Manum has gelled in quite nicely and she adds that extra kind of flair into the midfield, into the wing. Um, so quite optimistic from being honest. Hopefully you know, it does it progress a little bit and then it just goes downward. Hopefully it, it keeps progressing and we kind of see the 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 involvement of the players that aren't playing right now, which I mean are great players, no doubt about yeah. that. Um so I'm optimistic um hopefully it stays like that.
0: Yeah, same here. I, I am I'm feeling a lot better than I was perhaps at the end of last season. Um I do think it was kind of time to move on um from Joe and I think Joe knew that and ultimately that's why he's gone. Um, I'm I'm really excited by some of the players we've added to the team as well, but I'm I'm quite excited by um, the kind of pressing style that uh, Jonas seems to be trying to implement. And you can see it, I think, in these first two games already, and he's talking about it quite a lot. Um, And we'll get on to some of the signings later, but I really think one or two of them can really, really add something to this team. And I think ultimately, in terms of talent, Arsenal there's not a lot between Arsenal, Chelsea and Man City. I really don't think there is. I think Arsenal have underperformed or underdelivered on their talent for the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm really hopeful that perhaps with a new manager and some new ideas, a couple of new players to freshen things up as well, um, that we could really close that gap. Because if Arsenal deliver at the level of their talent, they will challenge for the title, no doubt about it. And they will challenge for, for the domestic trophies as well. So I, I kind of expect Arsenal to do that. Obviously, it's a new manager, so we don't know him. It could be rubbish. It could completely not work, a bit like Shelley Kerr or something like that. But um, I, I don't think it will go that way. I'm I'm quite optimistic about the season, I have to say. Like, I'm not saying we'll sweep all before us because the competition's tough. But um, I, I can see Arsenal kind of delivering nearer to the actual talent that they have in the squad. And speaking of talent in the squad, obviously, because we're in the summer and it's the transfer window, we've got you know plenty of questions about... Um, additions and things like that and there are there are three that i've kind of put together because they're all quite similar so caroline at iron underscore line 81 have you heard any more about any more signings or departures or do you think more likely before the season starts similarly leah at uh, leah smi9 are you satisfied we have enough midfielders to be okay when one or two injured do you see us bringing in any more and the brilliantly named Curls and Coconut Water at Ritz767 asks, do you think there will be any more signings with Jordan's injury? Do you think we need someone else so the burden is not all on Kim and Leah in case of more injuries? So lo- lots of questions about signings and certainly in midfield, which is why I think Arsenal probably look the lightest. Uh, what do you think? Do you Would you like to see another signing in that midfield area in particular or anywhere else in the team?
1: Um, I think it is true that's kind of the lightest area in terms, considering that there is three positions in the midfield that you kind of have to make up for. Um, We know like fullback, we have two starting uh, fullbacks in each position on each side. Um, Same as the wingers, we have like five wingers just to fit into that. Um, But in terms of the midfield, we have obviously like Leo Walti, Kim Little and and Jordan Nobbs. Now you add Mane Wabuchi to that. um, And then after that, you kind of have to fit in other players into that position, which is possible, you know, Anna Patton obviously played in that position. Um, Viv can probably even come into the middle. Uh, Beth has done it before, interchanging with Jordan Nobbs from the wing into the midfield. But I think it is a big burden uh, on Leon Kim. When Jordan's in Jordan, you have to kind of slot, someone and then if one of them gets injured, then it's just one of them kind of holding up that midfield in terms of the experience and, and knowing how to control the players and the rhythm and the tempo and all that stuff. Um, so I would agree that maybe one more midfielder would have been kind of nice um, just because we are kind of stacked in any, any other position except for the midfield um, and considering how essential the midfield is to the way Arsenal play um, also is kind of a, a concern if we do get a lot of injuries in there Um but essentially, yeah, I think one more midfield signing would have been good. Um, but hopefully for now, we do have top quality midfielders that hopefully don't get injured again, Jordan Oss.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, my personal thinking on this is that we do need another midfielder. I I think the injury to Jordan makes that. And, and at the moment, we still don't have an update on the real timeline, although her recent social media posts don't fill me with optimism um, in that respect. Um, nor does the nature of the injury really, um, and and I think with Marlin Gutz injured as well, that potentially leaves us light in defensive midfield. One of the questions I'm really keen to ask Jonas actually is how he sees um, someone like Leah Williamson. Does he see her as a potential backup for Leah Valti? Because that's where I think we're really light. Because the kind of the two number eight positions, you've got Jordan, you've got Kim, you've got Mana Iwabuchi, and you've got Frieda Marnham. So. Um, you know, I, I think that's OK. I I could live with one more there, particularly if we get through to the Champions League group stage. And I do wonder if maybe that's um, that's a consideration here, whether Arsenal will wait and see if they're in the Champions League before acting on that. But I think with Marlon Gutt injured, unless you put someone like Leah um, or Vicky Schneiderbeck, who can play defensive midfield, unless, um, you know, Jonas considers them options, I would like to see another player there I have to say I I think I think you're right I think we're pretty set everywhere else even with Champions League um but yeah and and we're possibly like overloaded for centre-backs and and maybe even wingers but I just think in the middle of the field and particularly when you know Kim's 31 um as well you know Manor is 29 Jordan's 29 um I wonder if like another young signing but then again I mean, with Marlin, we don't know what's going to happen. In fact, let's address the question from Midamus stuff about uh, at Midamus stuff about any updates on Marlin Gut. I, I don't know for absolute sure. What I've been told is that she wanted to go back to Grasshopper in Switzerland, but she's got—I think she's got a year on her contract—and understandably, Arsenal therefore want money. And um, I think with the injury, Grasshopper Zurich, you know, don't have great financial means. And So I suspect with the injury, they're probably going to hang on um, for a year because there's not much point in them breaking the bank for a player who can't play for them yet when they can possibly just wait till the end of her contract. So um, I don't know 100% for sure, but my I, I think from what I'm told that that will probably happen next summer now. And Marlin Gutt obviously has an ACL injury, so probably not a player we can really count on. Um, this season anyway so I I do I would like another signing there and I do wonder if now Jonas is actually in um, whether he can do something there perhaps in the Scandinavian market but um, let's perhaps um, turn our focus to the business that has been done and again two um, similar questions Alex one from uh, Belinda at Belinda underscore AWFC how would you rate Arsenal's business this summer and uh, Nicole O at Noshi7, which new signing are you the most excited to see this season?
1: I think I think business has been pretty solid. Um, as you mentioned, him, you know, our, the talent that we have on the squad already was kind of big. So adding to that was just little details. Uh, I think we mentioned that in the pod before as well. You know, at the moment, Arsenal have everything that they need. It was just little Tweaks here and there that they needed to kind of get better on. Um, Freedom adam looked really, really promising in the preseason matches. Um, Simon so Boy as well. Uh, she looked pretty solid. Um, and obviously, the only thing that they're going to do now is just grow into the league, grow into the team, um, grow into the, kind of the English style of, of of a bit more aggression, if you can say it like that. Um, so I think that's only going to get better. And then obviously Steph Catley is pretty much like a new signing, um, which is exciting because yeah, yeah. now she's fully fit. Um, and I think a lot of people have yet to see her. Um, and I think they're going to like what they see, considering mm-hmm. they love everyone loves Katie McCabe so much. They have a very, very similar style of play. Um, and yeah, obviously Nikita Paris. I always forget Nikita Paris is on Arsenal right now. Um, obviously Nikita Paris is Nikita Paris. Um, I am interested to see how she kind of fits in. Yeah. Um, considering I know she wasn't the like the starting role in Lyon and I think a lot of people didn't like her there in terms of like playing style and stuff. So I'm kind of curious to see where she slots in and where Jonas has her and how he has her play. Um but I think overall the business has has been pretty solid. Obviously of course as we mentioned, you know, maybe one more midfielder would have been um kind of the perfect summer if you can call it that. Um, but yeah, I think I think every signing that we've done this summer is exciting. It's worth yep. getting excited about. It's it's a high quality signing that's obviously going to slot in um, pretty decently with everyone else. So overall, I think the summer business has has been pretty solid. Um, you know, it's not splashing out a ton of money on on the top top players. It's about getting the the players that you need and the style that you want. So I think it's been pretty good.
0: Yeah, I'm I I agree. I've, I've been um you know particularly with Nikita um, Mane Abucci, just a player I've, I've loved for years. I think the one I'm probably most excited about is Freedom Marnham. Um, I just think that that kind of age profile, because you know Nikita's been around for a little while. She's 27. Manners 29. Simone Boy Sorensen's 29. Freedom Marnham at the age of 21 and an experienced 21 year old. That's the one where you say, okay, this this is like the real kind of future of Arsenal here and potentially a kind of heir to to someone like Kim Little, but the way she plays that role as well, I think, is so interesting. She's so front footed and the way she sprints into those channels. And I do think last season with Gilles Rod, um, some of our play got a bit clogged up because she plays with her back to goal and um I I just felt it wasn't as fluid. Whereas with Marnham, I think there's a real kind of desire from her to kind of break forward from that midfield as well. So I think she's the one I'm most excited about. The one I'm most interested in, though, is Keats. Because like, Mana Iwabuchi, I think, is just an Arsenal player and has been an Arsenal player for years and years. Um, it's just taken a little while to get the Arsenal shirt on her. Um, but Nikita, I, I can really see her partnership with Viv being something really special, because Viv kind of coming away from that front line and Nikita running in behind... I, I can see, like I can visualize those goals already. I really can, and I can really visualize kind of Viv getting on the end of some Nikita cutbacks as well. I, I think that's that's a really, really interesting signing, really good profile um, of signing as well. So I'm I'm really interested to see what keeps. I've got an, a feeling she's going to have a hell of a season, um, actually. So that that's maybe that's the one I'm most excited about immediately. But for the future, definitely Frida. And a lot of big clubs were after Frida, um, as well. But talking about players, you know that we're excited about and players that we're bringing in and potentially holes in the squad. I, I liked this question from Richard Pike at Spiffle Spaffle, uh, and I like that username as well. Um, are there any players you might you think might struggle for minutes this season? I'm struggling to see how much time, playing time Beth Mead will get with Keats arriving and maybe Lisa Evans. Um, further ahead as well so are there any players you look at existing players and you think hmm your your status in the squad might have changed this season
1: Um, I think that's That's kind of obvious with Arsenal in terms of, you know, the fullback and the wingers. Um, As I said, yeah, we kind of have two starting positions in in those. Um, So it kind of helps that we have a congested schedule because obviously you get to rotate quite a lot. Um, But then obviously, like, do you take Katie McCabe or Steph Catley? Do you take Noel Maritz? Uh, Do you put Lisa Evans as a winger or a fullback? Obviously, uh, Lisa played on the left for the friendlies, Beth on the right. Um, you know, Lisa can play to either side, Beth as well, Uh, Beth mainly on the right, but then where do you put Nikita Paris in that? Um, Are you going to put someone else? Are you going to do the same thing that you did last season with Joe, where Jordan Nobbs and Beth meet interchange? It's just a lot of possibilities. And I think the wingers and the fullbacks are the ones that are going to struggle most this season in terms of keeping their starting positions. Um, And then it's just down, I think then you can't really fault who you start. I think then it's just now to... Obviously, Giannis is going to know the form that they're in in training. Uh, leading up to that game, they're going to know the form that, um, the mentality that they have leading up to this game. So I think it's going to be based on that uh, rather than kind of who you prefer, uh, which I would imagine would happen. Um, but yeah, I think I think one particular player that kind of I'm not worried about, but I'm kind of disappointed in if she doesn't get laudments is obviously Lisa Evans. Mm. Uh, we all know like how much she can do on the pitch. We all know how good she is, but essentially. There's a lot of big names and and players that have come in particularly just to play that position. um and I think Lisa Evans might get the the bad end of that stick. um but it is yeah, I, I think with the congested schedule, we could she still could get a lot of minutes, um pro- maybe not as much as she wants, but yeah, essentially, I think that's the one player that I'm a bit um worried about.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. We've got another question about <clears throat> excuse me about the center backs. Um, because obviously we're quite we're quite stacked there, so we'll address that later. I, I completely agree, Lisa. Just because we've got Anna Patton as well, who's kind of a right back, so there's there's three right backs there really with Noel Meritz, uh Anna Patton, and Lisa Evans, and then on the right, kind of really got Beth Mead, who's been a real mainstay um, under Joe Nikita Paris, and you've got Caitlin Ford. Like I, I do wonder if Mana Iwabuchi will play in midfield more, just because that's where we're we're lightest, and we'll see her as a proper number ten, um, because we have so many other options on the wings. So I think Lisa is one where, if we get the like two thousand eighteen nineteen Lisa Evans, she'll get minutes. But obviously last year she was, you know, she's very interrupted by injury, um, and it's yeah, there, there's there's a lot of competition in both of her positions. Um, But I think Beth is another interesting one. Now, Beth will play plenty, um, but she's been, under Joe, she's been among the kind of, the real kind of starts pretty much every game. And I do wonder if that will change, because with Caitlin and Nikita, even if you take Mana Iwabuchi out of that picture, then you've got, you know, Steph Catley back. So Katie McKay becomes, you know, an option for wide left. I mean great options and you know as an Arsenal fan it's hugely exciting and also you can do this thing called substitutions um, as well so you can change them in game and And I'm really excited about that about Arsenal having that kind of firepower from the bench but while I think Beth Mead will play plenty whether she gets the same number of minutes she's been getting under Joe um, will remain to be seen albeit if Jonas is really keen on the pressing game, Beth is one of the best players at forcing turnovers. And if you look at her data, that's what she does. She forces turnovers. She disrupts plays. She gets into broken play. She creates lots of chances that way. So she, she's not going to be easy um, to shift out of the starting lineup, but I think she's got a bigger fight on her hands than she's had for quite a while. Um, why don't we... I, I liked this question as well from Ryan Mancini at Ryan McPhiz. Who is the one that got away? Which signing made by another WSL club this summer do you wish that Arsenal had brought in?
1: Oh, that's uh, interesting. I know
0: my answer to this.
1: Oh, God. I, I have one, but it's not WSL club. Um, Shoot. I obviously think Ingrid Engen was kind of the perfect player for Arsenal. Um, obviously, I'm happy she's at Barcelona, but in terms of what we've spoken about, you know, that center defensive um, midfield role and having someone else in the midfield, I think she's kind of almost a mirror to how Leo Walty likes to play. Um, she's really good at, at getting the ball back and she's really good at keeping position with her first uh her first pass after she regains the ball in the midfield. Um she likes to attack a very, very intelligent player. I think that's kind of one that I I, re- I really I really, really, really wanted to see at Arsenal. Um kind of the one that got away. But in terms of WSA, I can't really think of um one player I, I will say. I don't know how well she would have fit in Arsenal, though. Kaya Simon um, impressed mm-hmm. me a lot in the Olympics. Um, she does. And I think she she would kind of fit into Arsenal, just like Joe Ward did. She's kind of that player that has her back to goal and distributes simple passes for someone else to like switch the ball or give the ball up to Vig, for example. Um, it would have been interesting to see her there, but that's kind of the first player that comes to mind um, in terms of being jealous about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I... You mentioned Ingrid Engen. I think everyone wants, well, I know everyone wanted Ingrid Engen <laughs> um, in your, I think she had really had her pick of clubs. Um, but in that vein, um, I'll say partially for sentimental reasons, but also because I think it's a, a, a position we've just talked about, but Vicky Lasada going to Manchester City. Now, to be honest, age-wise, like I said, we we are perhaps, you know, on the wrong side of kind of peak years in midfield anyway. So I'm not a hundred percent sure I'd, I'd have done Vicky Lasada, but that I, I mean, for sentimental reasons, I, I loved Vicky Lasada when she was first at Arsenal. She was such a good, and she still is such a good player. And I think as she kind of um, gets older, she's, you know, she's perhaps not quite the box to box player she was, which is fine. Cause I don't think that's really what Arsenal need. I think Arsenal do need perhaps, you know, another midfield who's more of a sitter. And I think that's more what she's become. And I just think in terms of, you know, perhaps as a, a bit of backup to Leah Volti, but she can play, she she could back up anyone in that midfield, essentially, because she can play as a six or an eight um, or further forward. So um, I, I think it would have been a really nice addition. May, you know, maybe not at the age of 31 and having been here once already, but... Just um, a, a position where I think Arsenal are perhaps lacking, and just a, a player I really, really liked, and it's going to be really difficult for me to see her in a Manchester City shirt. Um, and you know, another like really strong, like experienced kind of squad member who's been there and done it and won the lot, and you know, captain Barcelona, a real leader as well. So, yeah, I, I'd love to have seen Vicky Lasada at Arsenal. I think that's that. That was the difficult transfer for me. Uh, for me to see I think this summer Um, we've got a couple of questions um, maybe about potential departures but not so much for this summer so uh, Mariac Van Lith who is at Mariac Van Lith on Twitter asks what are Jordan's chances of going to the Euros um, and what are the chances of Jordan Leah and Viv re-signing or do you expect them to fully wait for this season to make a decision so as a reminder all of their contracts end at the end of this coming season and uh Jess Moran at J uh, Jay Moore times three, who do you see leaving in next summer 's transfer window?
1: Um, well, firstly, the Jordan to the euros, I think obviously this um, injury complicates that just a bit more. Um, I think coming into this, uh, obviously Jordan got to rest, not going to Olympics. she got to rest quite well over the summer. Um, she looked really sharp in what she did play against Chelsea. Um, so it looked very promising for her in terms of kind of fitting into that squad, especially, I mean, the big reason why she missed out in the Olympics was because, you know, there was Caroline Weir, Kim Little to add into that midfield. And there was only X amount of spots in the entire squad. So she kind of missed out of that because of that, where when you come to the Lionesses, you don't have Kim Little, you don't have Caroline Weir. So I think Jordan Nob is an obvious option into that midfield in terms of England. Uh, so I think her position in the Euros was kind of, was... Pretty good, and I think most people, especially the transition between now and the Euros, um, Jordan has obviously a lot of experience in the Lionesses, so I don't think it will be wise to to bring in a new player instead of her. For example, Bob, you know, with the injury, it's all about recovery time, which we don't know yet, and then it's about how well she she starts off after the injury. Um, So we'll see about that. Uh, But yeah, in terms of Leah and Viv, the vibe that I got from that is kind of yeah, they're a lot is writing on how Arsenal do this season. Um, obviously, it was a disappointment last last season in terms of you know can, not really challenging for the title and having to do that third position, uh, third Champions League spot. Um, so I think a lot will be writing. Obviously, Tim, you know more than I do in terms of this, but it's it seems like there is a lot of pressure in terms of how well Arsenal do this season and how well they can hold onto their players next season.
0: Yeah, yeah. In terms of Jordan and the Euros, I mean, I think that unless this injury keeps her out for the whole season, I just think there's no question she should go. I really think the Lionesses are quite weak in midfield. As you, you know, you highlighted there, like Sophie Ingle, Kim Little and Caroline Weir all came in and played significant minutes in the Olympics. And why is that? Because England don't have a lot in central midfield. And I think uh, Hagarisa's uh, short reign with the Lionesses and Team GB was a disaster. I think it was disastrous. I think she did a really bad job. Um, And I think GB should be looking at how the Olympics panned out and they should be kicking themselves that they didn't medal um, because they can compete with the teams that got into those medal positions, no problem with the talent they have, and they didn't. And part of that, I think, was was leaving um, a player like Jordan out. I thought that was an absolutely absurd decision and nobody can make me understand it, really. Um, I'm, I'm desperately, like, I'm just desperate for Jordan to go to an international tournament and do it properly, you know, because injuries have taken her away from a couple and then she got left out of this one. And like you said, she looks so sharp no question of her being played, you know, out of position, um like she was last season at Arsenal in those wide spots that that definitely hurt um her kind of aspirations of of going to the Olympics as well the fact that she wasn't really playing in midfield that's that was definitely going to happen this season because of the way Arsenal's squad is constructed so i if she's back like within a few months of the end of the season i i absolutely expect her to go to the euros and I, I hope that Serena Weigman recognises what she has there a bit better than maybe Hagarisa did. As for who might leave next summer, with um, it, it, it's a really difficult one. Like I, I think there are a couple of players who are waiting to see what happens this season. Viv, honest, and so I don't have privileged insight on any of them um, at the moment. Viv, I, I'd honestly say enjoy her this season. That would be my message. Um, I, I do think she'll probably go next summer uh, and I don't think there's much we can we can do to contest that unless Arsenal start challenging for the Champions League pretty quickly because that's what she should be doing she should be winning the Champions League so I do think unfortunately she'll go next summer so my advice would be really enjoy her (laughs) this season with with Leah I think maybe more complicated I do think well I do know that Leah has an interest in potentially playing abroad she I'm certain she will not go to another WSL club if you want a prediction on Leah and it's purely a prediction I think she might go I think she might do a Lucy Bronze I think she might go abroad for two to three years and come back I think that's what she might do Um, but that's complete prediction and with Jordan it kind of depends on the injury and what she wants to do you know she turns 29 this year and whether she wants to you know, stay at Arsenal for her whole career. I, I've got a feeling she might. She said to me a couple of years ago, not this last contract she signed, the one before. She said that's the one she thought about when she was 25. She said that's the one I, I had to give real consideration to about whether I wanted to do anything else. Again, I don't see her going to another WSL club, so it would be a case of her going abroad. I, I don't think Jordan will go. I definitely think Viv will go. I've got a feeling Leah might, but we might see her back in a couple of years. So those are my kind of predictions, if you like. Um, Sorry that some of them aren't a bit more (laughs) optimistic. Um, But let's talk about something that is a bit more optimistic and exciting. And you referenced this about about Steph Catley, who, for me, one of the players of the the Olympics, uh, created more chances than any other player, both from open play and from set pieces. Very exciting from left back for... You know an unfancied Australia team. Um, so we've got two questions on this. One from uh, Ricky O, who's at O Ricky. Who would your preferred left-footed set-piece taker be, McCabe or Catley? And uh, Robert Main at Robert Main ninety five asks, how do you guys expect Catley and McCabe will gel together on the left? Will it be one in front of the other, or do you think it will be a completely fluid interchanging of positions if and when they play together?
1: Mm. I had a bit of a thought of that um that free kick taker. I think the conclusion I came to. Oh, sorry, dropped my mic. Um, <laughs> the conclusion that I came to was kind of I think I would still let K E take the in-range uh, free kicks like on goal, uh where she can just obviously slot in and top bins, no problem. But in terms of like kind of the, the longer range free kicks where you want that curling ball into the box. Um, I think I would let Steph take those and kind of have KE linger around for a shot on target, Um, like kind of lingering at the top of the box or before that, just take a touch and then have a shot on target. Why not? Um, Because obviously they're both really, really good at at free kicks and kind of placing the ball exactly where you want it to be. So that's kind of the conclusion I came to on that. Um, And in terms of seeing them play together, it will be quite interesting, as you mentioned earlier, Tim, you know, KE can easily play that right wing um, position. And should they play it with Steph? I think it would be really interesting. I actually don't know how they would gel together because obviously they play the same position, have the same mentality. And if you know how Steph plays or if you watch at the Olympics, she does like to travel a lot with the ball. She likes to overlap a lot, underlap a lot. Um, So they have a very similar mindset in that. And if they do work it out properly, they can easily, easily interchange positions, no problem um I know you know obviously Katie knows how to cover Steph Catley knows how to cover and, and if they do that right it could work out really well but then as we mentioned obviously on the wing we have a lot of players mm-hmm. so whether Katie or Steph is going to get that starting position on that left wing um I think it would be more about interchanging them in that kind of fallback position and instead of having them play together on the pitch at the same time um just because it's the same top quality and congestion schedule obviously is a big factor in in this kind of start of the season you have the same quality starting whether off the bench or in the next game or the next WSL game the next Champions League game so I think it's going to be more of a matter of yeah just seeing them kind of rotate that position rather than having them on the pitch at the same time
0: yeah I I agree like we'll see it we'll definitely see it Um, how many times we'll see it I don't know but it, you know, we, I think Arsenal can afford to be a bit horses for courses because if, if you play Catley and McCabe on the left, obviously what you've got there is you've got like a really good wide overload. So if, if you think uh, a team has a, a weakness at right back, for example, then, you know, you go for those two and you get those wide deliveries in. But, you know, in other games you might want to put Caitlin there and have her as more of a presence in the box or maybe you want kind of Iwabuchi or Beth Mead there kind of cutting in on their right foot and playing a bit more inverted. So I think it just depends on what Arsenal want. I I think when they play together, I do just see it as a completely fluid interchange because they're both wing backs essentially is, is what they are. So, um, I I think, I think you could really build up that understanding, but yeah, I, I don't think we'll necessarily see it every single week. Um, for example, so, um, and, and it could be like an option from the bench again, if you've got one of them on the bench, um, you know, and you you perceive that a team is giving up the wide areas, and you want good delivery, and th- then you can kind of go for it. But it's something I'm I'm really excited about, and I, and I have to say, you know, in terms of there can't be in the entire league there can't be many competitions for a place like Steph Catley and Katie McCabe for left back. Like that's that's possibly the two best left backs in the league.
1: Yeah, um, I would definitely go out and flat out say that. That's yeah, that has yeah, to be true.
0: Yeah, competing for the same, because I don't think Chelsea are mega strong um, at left back. And Demi, I suppose yeah. Demi Stokes and Alex Greenwood, that's, that's a good kind of tussle for left yeah. back at City. But yeah, th- this one's going to be really, really interesting. And, and I really hope both players push each other as well, um, On you know, to to kind of rise to that challenge. Slightly different question from uh, Pramod Guna, who is at uh, Pramod Nandakam 2. With the money and supporters seemingly in a growth trajectory, traje- I can never say trajectory, in women's football, do you think it's time for Arsenal to invest in their own women's stadium?
1: Mm. Um, it's a topic that's come up a lot over the past few years, especially with like the, the women's football weekend and everything. I think Joe had a really good answer to that. Um, I think particularly, you know, the Arsenal Stadium, there's a certain um, ambience and and atmosphere that you get in it because it is small. Um, Now it's a matter of, I think every WCL club can agree, is that you can't really go to the next step until you kind of fulfill this current step, until we're selling out crowds, until, you know, it gets to the point where we can't fit enough people in Meadow Park because there's an excess of of kind of people wanting to come into the stadium until we get to that point. I don't think it's necessary now, if they want to do it, if, you know, Arsenal want to kind of build their own stadium and have that legacy already there. That's another thing, but is it necessary at the moment? I don't think so. Um, especially because obviously the pitch that Arsenal have is, you know, it's a premier league standard pitch. It's a really good pitch. Um, and then, yeah, the, the kind of, it's a big enough stadium for it to, to feel like a, a proper football stadium. Um but it's small enough that you still get, you know, you're still going to hear the the crowds on the pitch. You're still going to hear what they're saying on the pitch. So I think right now the, the stadium is kind of perfect. And yeah. until it gets too small, um, I don't think it's necessary to, to kind of build another stadium, especially.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what I'll chime in uh, on with this is, um, you know, because obviously like Man City have a bespoke um, kind of uh, ground for their academy and women's teams. Arsenal tried to do that in about 2014 and in fact they even had a piece of land um, in Hertfordshire that they were going to buy um, and turn into like a, bit, a, a similar thing to the academy stadium, like a bespoke stadium for the women's teams and academy teams. They ended up not doing that, I think because of accessibility problems, because it was in kind of deepest, darkest Hertfordshire, which if people know the area, not always commuter friendly if you don't live there. And I think the problem with trying to build a bespoke stadium is that the land just doesn't exist in London. Like, it just doesn't. Chelsea bought Kingsmeadow because they wanted... wanted Everyone wants a facility like Manchester City. That's what Chelsea wanted. But the land just doesn't exist in London at all, even if you've got all the money that Chelsea have got. So they... They went the route of buying Kingsmeadow and making it their own, which, which I think is a good decision. And Arsenal have like bought a big stake in Boreham Wood and all of the upgrades you're seeing are, are partially paid for by Arsenal. Changing rooms, dugouts, new stand, um, and all of that. Hopefully press facilities soon. I'm just putting that out yes, there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, like I think Arsenal are very committed to Boreham Wood and trying to arsenalise Boreham Wood a bit more. I think if there was a nice little bit of land somewhere in North London um, to build a stadium maybe the size of or slightly bigger than Meadow Park with a bit more mod cons, I, th- I think they'd probably be open to it, but I just don't think it exists, unfortunately. Man City operate in an area where there's, there was just a lot more land available to them to make it happen, um, which is a shame because I think it gives City a real... In terms of facilities, they've got the best um, in women's football, and I, I just don't see anyone uh, kind of matching it for, for those reasons. Um, a question here from Ez at AWFC Gals. Is there anything you saw during the two recent friendlies that excited you, something that you'll, see, you'll think we'll see a lot more of during the season that maybe we didn't see under Joe?
1: I think it was mainly the speed of play. Um, And the speed of attack in particular, Um, I think, I mean, it wasn't a bad thing because it's very very stylistic in terms of coach and, and kind of what they want. I know Joe was kind of, he was more keen on keeping the ball rather than taking more risk in attack. I think Jonas is quite the opposite. I think he yeah. rather is—he will get mad if you kind of pass the ball back to the center backs. He wants that first pass to be the start of the attack. He wants that ball to go quicker. Um, I think the bench cam. I think he got mad. I think when someone passed the ball back and like um, he squared someone squared the ball back, and then I think he got kind of pissed at that. He's like, "Go forward! <laughs> like that first pass needs to go forward." Um, so I think that's kind of the one thing that that kind of caught my eye immediately is that we're being a lot more efficient in our attack. Um, We're using our players a bit more intelligently because obviously you have Lisa Evans, Beth Mead um, that can run onto the ball and know how to make the runs and keep their wide positions and then run in. Um, You know, Anna Patton had a lot of good underlaps and overlaps, especially. Um, And then, you know, as we mentioned, Steph Catley, Kate McCabe, you know, these are players that like to get on the ball, run onto the ball. You give the ball into space, they're going to run onto it and create something. Um, So I think that's what I'm most excited about is kind of... That extra level of attack that I think we needed last season, um, mm. and then that high press, especially it's, it's kind of promising because I think a lot of teams in the WSL, particularly Chelsea, um, they can get they can be gotten at if you kind of high press them efficiently and you do to- turn over the balls, and and it's kind of I think that's going to be the key into you know challenging Chelsea and Man City is that high press, quick attack. Um, quick transition and and hopefully we're better in front of net than we were last season also. Um, But yeah, I'm kind of most excited about that little aspect.
0: Yeah, exactly the same. So one of the things that happened under Joe, if you look at the data, Arsenal increasingly spent more time with the ball in their own half and that numbers crept up and up and up um, during Joe's reign. Because what Arsenal tried to do under Joe It was almost like snake charming. It was like, keep the ball, keep moving and like get the opposition to edge out. So you almost, you tease them basically. You go a bit forward, they come out a bit, but then you go back. And what they were trying to do was attract the opposition onto them and then hit them quickly. But obviously, and it used to work really, really well, but obviously the opposition got wise to it. And I I spoke to Joe about this last season. He said, teams just aren't coming out. Now, because I asked him about that stat, you know, about time with the ball in in uh in the defensive half, and he said, yeah, teams just aren't coming out, and and so I think you're right that kind of getting it moving forward more quickly. But I, I definitely think the kind of the pressing, counter pressing, and Jonas really highlighted this in his post match interview. He talked about the Anna Patton goal, and he said, you know, I think it was uh, Freya, Yupp, Freya Jupp rather who went through one on one with the keeper, keeper saves it, but she immediately gets up. And she presses the Tottenham centre-half before they can clear it. And she and the ball, you know, scrambles back quite untidily. But then it gets to Anna Patton and she has a shot. And he highlighted that and said, that's what I'm looking for, that immediate action. You know, I wanted them to go forward. Didn't quite work out. I want them to get up and get it back again because that's when... And you see that in the Anna Patton goal, right? Like Tottenham aren't set. Like, she's on the edge of the area. It's not a massively dangerous position. But because we won the ball back, they're not set. The goalkeeper's not set yet. The defence isn't set. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I think we've got the players to do that as well. I think players like Jordan, Beth, Viv, they can all press. Katie McCabe. We got a lot of athletic players who know how to press. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm quite excited to see that as well, definitely. Um, question here from, uh, again, brilliantly named uh, Marnum P.I. at Laguna Beach. Do the academy kids like Goldie, Hussein, Jupp, Hennessy, etc. have any realistic chance of getting minutes this season? I know they're only playing as much as they are now because of the Olympics, but I suspect Jonas might be more open to using them than Joe. What do you reckon on how much we might use these academy kids this
1: year? Um, I think there was a lot of promise um, from what we've seen. I do think that a lot of them are... Still very naive in the way they play against uh, bigger oppositions, um, so I I don't think they'll be getting minutes, say in the Champions League, for example. Um, but say you know, come the Conti Cup, um, come these kind of little competitions, or if you're you're playing a WSL match that you're confident in. The rest of your team that you can slot in one or two, you know, younger players in, in certain positions. I think it's definitely possible, especially with, as we keep mentioning, the congested schedule that we have. Um, I think it's definitely possible, especially with this high-intensity game that Udonis wants to play. I think resting players is going to be a lot more important than it has been over the past few seasons. Um, so I think using academy players will be crucial in terms of that that rotation and that giving rest to certain players, especially for injuries and whatnot. Um, but I think. It, I think Jonas has to be very selective, in how he uses them, because I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's still a bit of a gap in terms of how they can deal with kind of a, a higher intensity match uh, in a WSL and a Conti Cup in a Champions League, for example. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where I stand on that.
0: Yeah, I, I think the ones that play in midfield, maybe they're the ones who should be looking and saying, okay, maybe there's a space for us. So, I, I think there's kind of two answers. Well, there's kind of two questions here. I do think Jonas will be more open to using them than Joe, but I say that because that's a low bar because Joe wasn't really that interested in um, in using them. His philosophy, um, again, I asked him about this a, a season or two ago and he said that he prefers to have them train with the first team for a while and then introduce them. Um, I don't think Jonas will be that kind of guarded about it. I think if there are injuries, for example... I think he'll throw one in um, or two in. Um, yeah, like someone like Freya Jupp or Alex Hennessy, who he started in this game. Um, I could see that. I could see them getting off the bench. I think what will limit their opportunities is if Arsenal are in the Champions League group stage, there's no Conti Cup group stage. Um, Arsenal get a bye to the quarter final. And I think if they lose those Conti Cup group stage games, that's realistically where you're most likely to see them So if we don't have them, I I think it's kind of less likely. So I think in the event of like an injury crisis, um, and when have we seen an injury crisis at Arsenal recently? Um, I can't remember one. Um, You know, I I think he'd be more inclined to start like one or two um, than maybe Joe was. But, I, I, you know, I think for them success would be training with the first team, you know, making some match day squads, um this season um and and I I think like a player like Tia Goldie as well who's been around the first team now to me she I mean it's amazing she's just turned 17 because she to me looked I wouldn't say quite like a senior player but closer um she she didn't quite have some of that naivety that you spoke about and a player like Freya Jupp as well who's who I think has made a real impression um but I think a lot will depend on just if there are like no injuries then I I don't see them getting many minutes um, to be honest, but I do think he'll be more willing to use them than Joe. Um, last couple then. This one I I think is is really interesting and a, a question, and I think a lot of us have and are are, are really interested to see because we've spoken about potentially being a bit light in defence. Uh, sorry, in midfield, in defence, very very different. Um, definitely at least two fullbacks on each side, probably three. Um, seven centre-halves, I think, overall. And uh, Jeremiah at Red Coach J asks, there's a bit of a logjam in the future at centre-half. Who or which pair do you see getting the most minutes there this season? Um, And who will end up playing more minutes, possibly, in other positions?
1: That is an interesting question. Um, I think Leah Williamson always has to start, (laughs) no matter what. Um, I think then it's a matter of who's fit and obviously Jen B.E. has struggled with injuries lately but I think Jen B.E. and Leah Williamson was always kind of the starting ideal pair I think mainly because they complement each other really well Um, they have very different style plays obviously Jen B.E. is a a giant Um, so she's very good in aerial duels and she's very very experienced and Leah Williamson is kind of the younger, more explosive, carrying the ball up kind of player. So I think they complement each other just perfectly in terms of how Arsenal want to play. Now, then it gets to, is Vicky Schneiderback fit? Um, is Lotta you know, Lotta is obviously really, really good. Uh, but I think I still do prefer Gen B. E. over Lotta at the moment. Um, but then obviously, if Gen B.E., e. Schneider back aren't fit, I think Lotta is, is a really good um, obviously, she she did really 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 good last season, um, so there's no kind of struggle there. But I think essentially, my starting centre backs always have to be Lee Williamson and Jen be, Um Obviously, if it's possible.
0: Yeah i i th- I think um I think this is going to be really interesting because obviously Simone Boys come in. That's a Jonas signing. She's played for him before. Um, I can tell you that she was. Kind of close to going to Manchester United, I'm told um until it was clear that Jonas was coming in at Arsenal um so I you know that's a real Jonas signing and I think if Jonas has signed a twenty nine year old center back of that profile, I think it's probably because he's thinking that like gen BT as as good as she is, she just hasn't been able to string games together for the last eighteen months. Same with Vicky, um, really. So we've got like Jen's 30 and I think Vicky's 31. So we've got experience at centre-half, but if he's brought in Simone Boy, I think that's possibly because he's thinking that he doesn't think he can count on Jen and Vicky. Maybe and maybe, and and I think this is definitely like the season we'll probably see them phased out. Like we, we had the question earlier, who do you think will go next summer? I think those two. Um, probably will I think Jen's contract is I think both their contracts are up actually and I could see that just coming to a natural end and I think you'll see I think Leah Williamson and Simone Boy um, will be the starting pair and then I think Lotta will be probably first reserve and then after that you know it will be if Jen Beatty's fit or if we're rotating for cup competitions, like I do see Jen taking a slightly reduced role, maybe by necessity or maybe just because they clearly have to manage her. She's just had back surgery. Um, and so that, you know, I I think there will be a bit of a phasing out there. But I think if he signed Simone Boy, I think he signed her to start. I really do. Um, and then it will be Lotta who really puts in the challenge, um, I think, to be the, like like Lotta and Simone will be there next season, basically. So I think, you know, they'll get plenty of minutes. If we can sign Leah up again, she'll be there. Um, So, yeah, and and Anna Patton, I think is seen as more of a right back um, at the moment, albeit she played quite well in midfield against Spurs. Um, So we'll see how she's used. But I I think we're beginning to see a bit of a future um, emerge there. And, And my prediction would be that Leah... And Simone will get the most minutes, followed by Lotta, followed by Jen. Um, But then again, like we said, maybe if we don't sign another defensive midfielder, Leah might be needed in midfield. Uh, Vicky Schneiderbeck can play that position as well. So there might be a need um, for one of them to kind of go over there. Leah will always start, whether it's centre-half or defensive midfield. So then you might see Lotta and Simone Boy, for example, if and when that has to happen. So... I do think minutes will be shared out um, around the team. I do think there'll be a lot of rotation. Jonas is a manager who likes to change formations um, as well as players. So I don't think he's going to be afraid about, about rotating, but yeah, I think in his mind, he's thinking Leah and Simone um, as first choice. And I think that's where most of the minutes will go. So let's finish on final question from someone who asked our first question um, actually as well. Um, And again, on a, Oh no! Let's let's say an upbeat note. Um, and again, this is from KP at K-P-U-N-J, KPUNJ. Um, I'm getting a feeling that Beth Mead is going to have a standout season, just like Katie did last year. Who do you think will be the standout player? And I guess, in the spirit of this question, like. We wouldn't say like Miedema, for example, but someone who perhaps... That's a given. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone perhaps we don't... Ex- well, or who might... Yeah, I guess a bit like Katie. Someone we expect to have a good season, but might have a great season. Who do you think that player yeah. will be?
1: Um, I think I do have another name, but I do, I do think Beth Mead is a good shout, uh, mostly because... I think the rest this summer actually did her pretty well. She looks really refreshed, um, kind of ready to go. And then obviously with Serena Bigman coming in, she has something to prove ahead of the Euros. Um, obviously, under Heger she wasn't really a favourite either. Uh, which is a bit disappointing. Uh, but it was last season, again, the same as Jordan, kind of didn't really have a, a consistent season in terms of kind of getting her stats up and, and doing what she does best. Um, but so far, she has looked really like refreshed, kind of ready to go This in the preseason matches. Obviously, it's only been two games. Um, so hopefully it does keep up. But I do think Beth can kind of have that stellar season um, because of the mix of being rested and kind of having something to prove. Um, And especially now that her starting position is kind of up in the air with all the new signings and and kind of the players and whatnot. Um, But I think outside of that, I think that Caitlin Ford can have a really good season. Mm -hmm. I think she had a good season last season. um, But I think now that she's had a year to settle in, uh, she had a really good Olympics. um, And I think now with the players that are coming in, um, she can kind of have a little bit more freedom to do what she wants to do. Um, if Mana Iwabuchi, um is in that central role if you know Frida Manum as we mentioned that you know Frida ha- likes to be on the front foot she likes to kind of attack um, I think that gives Caitlin a bit more freedom to either run on the ball get into the box travel with the ball and kind of wait for that the, the kind of thing that I just imagine in my head is kind of Caitlin having the ball in the wing, freedom, out making making that underlap, giving the ball to her, and Caitlin coming back into the box and having that tap in um, with Viv dragging up defenders. For example, I think Caitlin can definitely play to her strengths and um, with the new signings and under Jonas. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see uh, see how Caitlin kind of comes up in in all of this. And obviously, you can probably say any any other name on the pitch that can probably have a good season, but I think Caitlin in particular is. Um, coming into this season with a lot of momentum under her
0: yeah I, I think um, to have let's call it the Katie McCabe season um, I'm I'm going to stick with a fullback I'm going to say Noel Maritz um, I think really really good really good fullback and unfortunately like a lot of players she picked up an injury at a terrible time last year I don't think we quite saw the best of her I think that was a superb signing. You know, we're talking like a twenty-six-year-old who's won the Champions League, the Frauen Bundesliga, countless times. She's won everything. Essentially, I also I can really see her fitting into Jonas's kind of more high pressing style. Um, You know, she was fine in possession, I think, um, under Joe, but I, I don't think that's her like her real, real strength. I think her real strength is kind of getting tight to opponents, forcing turnovers, getting interceptions high up the pitch. She's another really good broken play player, I think. I think she's going to thrive under Jonas. And also, even if we still had Joe, I'd possibly pick her anyway, because if she stays injury-free, I think she's really got that right-back role on lock um, at the moment. And I I can just really see her, you know, having having a really, like the kind of season you just want from your fullback, just really solid seven out of 10 um, every week, maybe not a player that everyone notices until everyone notices um, a bit like Katie. And then everyone starts talking about, so Noel Marrits is my tip for the kind of the Katie McCabe season um, this year, I think, but um, yeah, let's let, let's see. Anyway, like you said, loads and loads of candidates for that. I think, and particularly with the level of competition in most areas of the squad, um, a lot of players are going to have to be on their toes. But anyway, that's that's all we have time for um, this week, this month. Um, we'll probably be back with another podcast later this month. We'll see, obviously, how these Champions League qualifiers go in Moscow, um, and potentially if we're in uh, the playoff at the end of the month, we might do a podcast. Um, before that, perhaps looking at the opposition um, a little bit and doing a bit of a WSL preview. But for now, that's all we have time for. Thanks so much for your questions. And of course, thanks as always to my co-host, Alex Ibasetta Alex, thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Got me excited for the season now.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Absolutely. And yeah, keep an eye on Ask Blog News. Obviously, we will have what we always have in terms of match previews, interviews, reactions, etc. We'll have some on it pretty much every game, although not in Moscow, unfortunately (laughs) that's with, with current restrictions, a bit of a bridge too far, but um, we'll have all of the usual coverage. We're looking at adding um, some bits and pieces as well to the coverage um, this season. Maybe we'll get some more people involved. So it's not, you know, so it's not predominantly my voice, Um, but we'll see what happens with that. And we'll keep you updated, but thanks very much for downloading. Thanks for coming to the site and reading the women's coverage and commenting and everything. I think we're building a real community there at the moment. And it's, it's something that just warms my heart. So thank you. If you want to leave us um, a review on whichever outlet you get your podcasts in, that would be really, really welcome, particularly if you wanted to make it a five-star review, um, for example. And if you just point out in the comments that it's for the Arsenal women's ask cast, that really helps as well. Cause obviously we go out on the main feed. Um, so we go out on the men's podcast feed as well. So, you know, do drop us a review and do kind of, point out that you really like the coverage of the Arsenal women on the podcast but um, we'll speak to you again probably at the end of this month but until then take care of yourselves and ciao